All right, good morning, Church Project. How are you today? All right, well, I'm glad that you're here today. And if you are just joining us, you caught up to where we're at. And it took us a year and a half to get there. And we got there in eight minutes. So what have we done for a year and a half, right? So we are going to jump into Acts chapter 12. We start Acts chapter 12. It's going to end the first section of Acts as we look at it. And then here in a few weeks, we're going to get into the second section of Acts, which starts in Acts chapter 13. So we're glad that you're here today. Uh, by the way, if you have version on your phone, you can go ahead and open it up, your, the Bible app. And if you go to the bottom right, search events, and, and, and uh, our notes are right there live for you. So you can get those and save those, follow along. And for house church, I'd encourage you to save those notes on your phone so that you can access them when you go to house church. If not, they will disappear by the end of today. So there you go. Um, I am going to jump in right into Acts chapter 12. We're going to go through 19 verses today, but it's actually going to be a very, very simple message that I think is going to impact all of us where we're at here today. And here's, here's what I have. I have a great reminder for all of us today. And the reminder is whatever peril you might be in, whatever circumstances are, whatever you're going through right now, God is still moving and don't lose heart. And that summarizes 19 verses, so enjoy that. I'm going home. I, okay, let, let me back it up a little bit so you know I'm not just making that up, but I think that's what is driving this whole message today, that whatever peril you're going through, whatever circumstances are going on in your life, God is still moving. Don't give up. And so let's, let's jump in and see what we're talking about here. So Acts chapter 12, verses, we'll start in verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this, this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of the unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, prison handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to, to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get up! He said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to the Lord, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. In verse 11, Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches, and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. 
Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hands for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. What an awesome story. Have you ever found yourself in prison like that? Tied up with guards all around you? Have you ever been in peril like that? Have you ever been in circumstances where it's like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do it. But our reminder today is this. Whatever peril you're in, whatever circumstances that you're going through, just remember, God is still in control. Don't lose heart. I want to pick apart a couple things as we look at these 19 verses. And they're just, they're just easy fruit things that we're going to talk about because I think the message is pretty simple today. When we look at verse 1, this is Herod, by the way, for those of you that really know your church history and history of the world. Okay, This is Herod, the grandson of Herod the Great, not Herod the Great. It's the grandson of Herod the Great. Then we go to verse 2. We see that James, the brother of John, was put to death by the sword. James is the first apostle to become a martyr. Right here. First apostle to become a martyr. Keep going. We get down to verse 3. When he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. And this happened during the festival of the unleavened bread. Well, if you know much about the festival of the unleavened bread, Peter is arrested during what is also, this is also known as the Passover, the festival of the unleavened bread, in which the the people would celebrate the Passover. And why did they celebrate the Passover? It was a celebration to remember how God had delivered the Jews from slavery. That was the whole celebration. That was the whole point of this. And I think it's ironic that during the Passover, Peter should be celebrating being free. And where's he at? He's in prison. He's tied up. He's in change. Isn't that ironic? And don't break into songs because that'll pull me back to the 80s or 90s. That was a bad joke. Sorry. That wasn't in my notes, by the way. I'm just, I'm not a stand-up comedian. Let's move on. So what should be a celebration for all the Jewish people to remember the Passover feast of the unleavened breads. Peter is in jail, tied up. He is in chains. I think of myself as Peter in this spot and I think of myself tied up chained up with guards hopeless in a circumstance that looks really bad I know what's happening I know what's going on and I I think I'm, I'm tied up and I'm in chains because God did move in history like God moved and because he moved and sent his son who died on a cross, who was crucified and defeated death and rose, and I saw all these miracles and I saw all this stuff happening, I know that God did move. And that's why I'm chained to this prison right now, because I know it as fact. I believe it so much that I'm in prison right now because of this. God did 
move. And I'm also thinking as I'm chained, I wonder if God still moves. I wonder if he still moves. Like, I believe it so much because he moved. I saw it. I witnessed it. But here I am. I'm in prison and I'm in chains. And he's about to be set free. He doesn't know what's coming. He's about to be set free. And what I think is so beautiful about this huge deity that's far away, right? Deity, transcendent, way up there, God. I know that he did move. But will he move right now? Will he be intimate with me? Imminent right now. And Peter's about to find out how much God loves him. Because he knows that he did move way far off, did do something awesome, but he's about to make it personal to me right now as I'm in prison. He's about to set me free. We are, as Christians, walking in heaven right now. We're walking in eternity right now as brothers and sisters, as sons and daughters of God Almighty. Don't think that you're in prison and that you're enchained and God has forgotten you. He may be moving and he probably is moving in your life right now and you don't even know it. You're about to get busted out of jail, out of prison. You don't even know it. Don't lose heart, brothers and sisters. And I wonder if Peter, as he was tied up, was losing heart, not knowing that something really cool was about to happen. Let's get to verse 5. So Peter was, was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The church was earnestly praying to God for him. And if you look up that word earnestly in the Greek, it's extinos, which means intensively or painstakingly or thoroughly or unremittingly. Like it is a on-purpose prayer. And the church is meeting together and they are praying earnestly for Peter that is in prison right now. You can read all that. Let's get to verse 11. I told you, we're just skimming through. So it's a story. You got the story, okay? Verse 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. So he's in jail He's tied up. He knows that God has moved. And because he's moved, he believes it. He's preaching this message. Because he's preaching this message, now he's in chains, maybe with or without hope. Then an angel shows up and brings him out. And we see in verse 11 that when the angel left him, he came to himself and he said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me. And I say, amen. Have you ever walked through fire and looked back and said, God? I know without a doubt, God. Have you ever gone through something and you look back and say, I know without a doubt, it's God? It's a good reminder for us today in our, in our current circumstances and everything we're going through and what, we, what fires we might go to and go through in the future is that God doesn't say you need to know step two, three, and four. All you need to know is your next step. Wake up. Love me. Trust. I'm moving on, on your behalf. I will be glorified. You will look back and you will say, God. One day at a time, his mercies are new every single morning, and I thank God for that, that he renews me every single morning. God, 
you remembered me. You guided me and set me free from that situation that I went through or the one I'm about to go to. And God, in my own personal prison, you set me free. Your name was glorified. Your praise is ever on my lips. Can you think back of a time in your life when you walked through fire and the only thing you can say is God. God did it. God got me through it. He walked through it with me. So he came to himself. I imagine that was a pretty crazy event thinking, okay, I'm waking up from a cool dream. I'm going to pinch myself. I'm awake. And he's outside of prison going, what's going on? What do I do now? He takes off. He runs. He goes to this house. He doesn't know what to do. We get down to verse 14. Um, When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your minds, they told her. But when she kept insisting that was so, they said it must be his angel. Like, she forgot to open the door. That's funny. I think God puts stuff like this in Scripture just to get me laughing. I'm like, okay, I don't know if she was blonde or what. Like, okay, like she missed that moment, whatever. She was overjoyed. And here's what, here's what I would say about that when I'm thinking about that situation. You better believe it. Like, you better believe she was overjoyed. Like what they were just doing was praying and what was happening, like she was overjoyed and I gotta believe in your life. When you look through and you look through what God's doing and you're praying for something and God moves and there's a a door knock and you open it up or you ask who's there and it's like, I'm God, you better be overjoyed. You better believe that God is moving in your life and expect that God is moving in your life. Even in this super prayer group, Even this super prayer group right here that we're reading about was a bit surprised when God answered their prayers. Even even these super awesome Christian people that we read about and people have been reading about for thousands of years, you know these mega awesome Christians we're reading about? Even they were surprised when God answered their prayers. They were overjoyed and they're like, no, surely, okay, you're, no, it's not Peter Okay, maybe it's his, his angel or something because he's dead. But they're praying that God would move and God moves and, and she's so overjoyed and even these super Christians don't absolutely believe it. And you know, what I, you know what I think about this? I'm like, oh, very good. I can relate to this. These early church mega giants, what they're going through, they're just normal peeps. They're just normal. They're shocked that God moved and he moved in such an awesome way powerful way just normal peeps praying and look God shows up God God did it and they're overjoyed let's get to verse uh you want to go to verse 17 yeah let's go to verse 17 Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and describe how the Lord had brought him out of prison he said tell James tell them what's going on I can relate to this for sure. In the middle of the miracle, Peter himself did not know what God was up to. I mean, all he knew is he fell asleep naked, it sounds like, in chains. An angel wakes him up. He thinks it's a dream. He walks by guards. Chains fall off. Doors open. All this stuff. By the way, it's four sets of four guards he has to walk through. And by the way, he's actually chained to a guard on his side and chained to a guard on this side, chained together. He disappears. He wakes up in the middle of the street with his clothes on. Awesome. 
God's moving, doing something miraculous. He goes to the door, knocks, everyone's overjoyed. They don't open the door. And, and then when they finally open the door in verse 17, he still doesn't know what God's up to. I can imagine Peter. He's like, I don't want to die tonight. Shh. Like, shh. I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm not quite sure what's going on. James had died and Peter was rescued. And that's the mystery of the divine. Why wasn't James rescued? Why is Peter being rescued? And that's the mystery of the divine. That's reality of Christianity. God is not going to rescue us from every single prison. He's not going to drop chains. He's not going to send us to every street and jump up and down for joy every time. It's the mystery of the divine. James died for this. And we as humans, as we're looking and trying to interact with God, can go, God, why didn't you do this? Sometimes our chains will drop. Sometimes our chains won't. It's the mystery of the divine. And that's when we really have to encounter real life talk with each other through house church of, are you okay with God getting glorified even if it means death? Even if it means that you're never rescued through that thing, that hard thing that you're going through. It may be the thorn in the side. It may be the end of you. It may be, but as Christians, will we raise our hand and say, God, through life and death, through good and through bad, through whatever it may be, may you use me and may you use my life to glorify you. The reminder of Christians is that's the mystery of the divine. No theologian, no super awesome pastor, no, no wise people can ever give you a definitive answer as to why God moves sometimes and he doesn't move sometimes. It's a reminder for us as Christians to not lose heart. Whatever peril you're going through, whatever circumstance you're going through, God is still moving. We may or may not see the outcome. If you have a hard time wrestling with that, then man, it's a great time for you to open up the book of Psalms and start reading. I've been in Psalms for a while, and they drive me crazy sometimes. David wrote most of the Psalms, and at times you read about David, and he's shouting, praise on the highest mountain, praise God, all glory, yay. Life is awesome. And then a moment later, we read of the same David in agonizing, screaming agony. God, you hate me. I'm worms. I'm nothing. Destroy me. I wish I was never born. Wow. The full emotions of humanity as we try to interact with God, deity, and we try to understand who he is and what he's doing in our life. Sometimes we get it. And sometimes we don't. Last night, Crowley County Chargers, huh? I brought my Letterman jacket. Should I put that on or what? That's a sweet, yeah, we'll put this on. Absolutely. Class of 93 right here. Jared, did you bring yours? Come on, dude. <laughs> Look at that. Isn't that sick? That's awesome right there. That's, that's, for, that's for all my Arkansas Valley peeps. Anyone in here? Yeah, there we go. All right. Woohoo! So this is where I graduated from high school in 93, all right? Um, and, and they were terrible at basketball for most of the time, except this year they did really good, actually. And undefeated all the way until last night, state championship. Man, I think all of Ordway was in that arena last night. 
Um, and it was really cool. I actually did wear this last night, and I'm rocking it. Um, and then we ended up losing, right? Undefeated, but, but we lose the state championship. And, and that's okay. They just couldn't pull out the win last night. They, they, they just didn't have it. Uh, who won? Akron? No, Yuma. Yeah, Yuma ended up winning. And anyway, sad, sad moment for Crowley County. But awesome. And isn't that life? Like you're not going to win every single time. Sometimes you're going to go undefeated and you'll actually be state champions. Good for you. Sometimes you're going to go undefeated and you're going to lose the, the, the most important game. Sometimes you're not even going to make it to state. Sometimes you're not even going to make the team. Like, isn't that life? David's ups and downs, James dying, Peter getting rescued. Isn't that life? Like God's doing amazing things. It's this, I think this passage, these 19 verses are so real for us to remember that whatever political unrest is happening right now in the world, whatever family turmoil you're going through right now, like whatever dollar amount is in your bank or not in your bank, or in your sock drawer, or not in your sock drawer. However the medical report reads, whatever peril you might be in, whatever the circumstance might be, God is still moving. Church, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Jesus often escapes to pray. The Jesus we read about in Scripture often escapes to pray. And why does he escape to pray? From my point of view, here's why I think Jesus escapes to pray. One, to remind him that earth is not his home. I'm just passing through. Two, to remind him who his father is. And I think three, to remind him who he is. Now that's a change of perspective. That's a worldview that Christianity gives us. That this earth is not our home. We're passing through. That God Almighty loves us intimately. And he's showing himself to us every day. Through our imagos, through nature, through scripture, through the Holy Spirit. God is bigger than everything that we know. And he's revealing himself to us. So that we know who we are. And that's the Christianity worldview. We're sons and daughters. We're forgiven and we're loved. I want to um, end with this um, Psalms 91. I'm actually going to read it through the New Living Translation. If you have that, you can open it and read it. If not, maybe you just close your eyes and think about this. Because Psalms 91. Remember David? High is high, low is low, real with all emotions and feelings. Everything he went through. He writes Psalms 91. See if you can relate to this today. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadows of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in Him. For He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, 
nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Peter declares it. He's in prison because of this. This is the God that he knows. And it's a reminder for us today that God is good. Whatever peril we're going through, whatever circumstance we're going through, don't lose heart. God is still moving. I've got a couple buddies in my life that get my, put your fingers in your ear if you don't like kind of bad words. They get my crap calls, these, these couple guys. Hey, help me uh, think about this conversation I just had differently. Let, let me think about this situation, see it differently. Hey, as I call him up, can I just vent? Like, I don't, I don't know how to process this. Can I just vent? Hey, call me out if you see something in my life that, that I need to change or do differently. Hey, let me know that, that I'm not alone in this. Hey, buddy, you got a second? I just need encouraged today. Church, even as tiny as we are today, we're still too big to call this your church home and not be in intimate relationships with each other. We're already too big. You can show up and get lost on Sunday mornings. And when peril strikes, you're not going to know who to call. You're not going to know who to walk through life with. You're not alone, but it may feel like you're alone and Satan may try to pick you off if you don't have relationships in this room. I encourage every single one of us in this room to get into a house church. Go get a coffee with a buddy. So just, guys, pick a guy you don't know before you leave today and say, let's go get a coffee. I'm buying, not me, but you will buy. <laughs> Ladies, do, do the same. Like, let's be purposed. I love that the church was praying earnestly, fervently for Peter in prison, maybe without hope, as a miracle was happening. They had relationship. They were doing life together. So church, whatever peril you might be in, whatever their circumstances might be, God is still moving. Don't lose heart. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for today. Man, your word is... Like Jared said last week, like honey, it's sweet, it's beautiful. 
God, I pray this week, each of us would sit with your scripture. We would sit with you. Holy Spirit, you would guide us. You would teach us small things and big things and we would spend time alone with you and we would pray earnestly for the things that you desire, God. I pray for everyone in this room right now that as we sit here, if anyone is walking through hard circumstances, that God, they would give it up to you. That all of us, we would give up our lives to you. Control of everything, the good, the bad, everything happening in our life. In this moment, we would say, God, I'm done doing this by myself alone. I need you. Would you please show me who you are and who I am in you and how to walk through these circumstances, my own personal prison that I'm in, God. Help me through this. And God, I pray also that you put a desire in each of our hearts and minds today to walk with others through this life. That this week we would just be compelled to invite someone for coffee, a dinner, go to house church. That God, we'd find great community. We'd find great support. We'd find that we're not in this alone. God, thank you for your word, the encouragement of your word today. Thank you that you are still moving. God, keep our hearts strong that we may not lose heart on this side of heaven. In your name we pray, amen. I want to encourage you that on your chair is prayer requests or response card. It'd be a great opportunity to just write a prayer request on the bottom or put your email address down if you're not getting emails. So we can communicate with you, so we can show you the things of the church and everything that's happening, that you're not alone, that we can pray for you. The church, whatever God's moving in your heart today and mind today, I encourage you to move fast, move fast. Align yourself with God. Say, God, I'm here. I'm willing to do anything you ask of me. Why don't we stand, church, and just worship God for who he is in this place?